Well, hi everyone. Welcome back. This is Tales at 3 a.m. where we discuss the paranormal, the spooky, the weird, the strange, and sometimes the witchy. And this is a special episode of Tales at 3 a.m. where we have a very special guest this evening. It is Christina. Of, I'm going to go ahead and use the name here of uh, At Witchy Paranormal, since that's already there, so might as well just go ahead and say that. Um, that's my short introduction, Christina. If you would like to uh, introduce yourself just a little bit, uh, you're more than welcome to. Go right on ahead. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, so I'm Christina. I am uh, At Witchy Paranormal on Instagram and now TikTok. I actually just made a TikTok for it. I know I wasn't I was really I was like really second guessing about it for like this like, like the whole month of December but I went ahead and did it but basically um, I'm part of a paranormal team in South Florida we are haunted South Florida um, it's wonderful it's a great time we do some uh, public events a couple times of a month and then we do some privates here and there uh, and just some things that we want to do for fun for ourselves can't even say that's a joke um, like I said, I was trying to do New Orleans by myself and I just did not get to do it, but, um, but typically, you know, I'm just, I'm the clairvoyant of the team or the witchy one. Um, and that's, that's just only, that's new basically. I could just say that's like the new part of my life. Honestly, um, for three years, I've been running my crystal business, uh, heal with Christina. I make crystal healing jewelry. I'm also a Reiki healer. Um, and I've been doing that since November of 2019. Um, and that's also picked up. I feel like, I feel like I've gotten witchier and witchier in the last three years, which is always, it's always, I always think back to it. I've actually, I just finished a, a book on, uh, the, like, the history of the all cult in the eyes of the women. And it was so interesting to see like the people who they would reference. Cause I felt like as a baby witch, when I was like 20, 21, like just like starting out, um, those were all the people that I really was referencing. Like I always remember like people were like, just read, just, just research everything. And so I feel like I'm in the witchiest of my life right now of saying it in that terms. But yeah, that's a little bit of what I do right now outside of my regular day job. My day job, I, uh, my sister calls me a weed pharmacist. <laughs> but I'm a manager for a dispensary in Florida. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a lot. But congratulations on all of that. I mean, not everybody has the ability to say that they've got all that you know going for them. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, let me. I was going to ask, um, what? Without it, I don't know how personal this is, but what got you into? Um, you don't have to go that detailed, but what got you into exploring that side of yourself of being a witch? Well, you know, doing it now as a paranormal investigator has been just another stepping stone of where it started. You know, I was raised very Catholic. I did all my sacraments. I did many mission trips. I graduated, um, went to college with over 500 community service hours with my church. Um, around 17, wow. um, I had a, a disagreement with some of the leaders at my church over a topic of abortion and pro and pro and the choices of what women should be able to have. And they asked me to leave at 17. And at the time it was devastating. Um, it took about six years for me to kind of unwind 
um, that it was okay to explore other avenues. I was very spiritual. Um, church was a really big outlet. And so when I went off to college at 18, um, I had taken a course my summer, my first summer at FSU um, called the History of Religion. And I started to learn that there was so many different avenues and different religions besides Christianity. And they all had yes. a lot of special things. Um, growing up, I was always, I, I always wanted to be a witch. Like I was obsessed with practical magic. I was obsessed with the craft. I was obsessed with the hex girls in the Scooby-Doo movie. Like I was obsessed <laughs> with witches when American Horror Story, uh, Coven came out when I was about 23 or so. That was my favorite series. Obsessed. My favorite season. My favorite season. Literally. Um, yes, I was obsessed. Favorite season. Um, so when I was exploring new religions, you know, I started at, with Wicca, you know, uh, like a lot of people, because it's a very, it's a nature-based religion. Um, it's all white light, you know, white magic, nothing, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of Wiccans didn't even consider themselves witches. Um, and over time, I started to explore different avenues. Some of them were completely bit me in the butt like i was trying to explore um i became obsessed with new orleans when i was 20 years old um started to explore voodoo and marie laveau and she told me you are not ready ma'am i uh she messed up my my world for like two weeks um she like shook it to the core so uh, i learned the hard way of uh, this avenue but it just i was looking for a new route you know i believe a big part of manifesting your reality and living the life that you want to live uh, has to have the backbone of a belief system and whether that means a religious one or not i now consider myself having a spiritual background um it did start with a very religious catholic background i just you know mm -hmm even now I look back and it's like Catholicism is not what I agree and it's very patriarchal it was a lot of there was you know you don't have a lot of women favored in the bible and things like that and it just was not the right avenue I eventually realized that I felt much better being on this other side so it took it took uh took some time it took some time to get to where I am now because it did it took about six years to unwind uh the beliefs I had ingrained of being a catholic for so long um, but I just wanted to be free. I wanted to be able to believe and think what I wanted to believe. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do. You know, now you look at my life and I said all the things that I do. I have all these hobbies and things like that. There was a time that that was so not my life. For a long time, right. you know, I suffered with depression. Um, and I suffered with mental health issues. And I drank, like I drowned myself a lot for like 10 years. So, um finding my witchy side and exploring it now the way I'm exploring it it is really a blessing because it's exactly where I wanted to be 12 years ago when I was 20 and I just didn't know even how to navigate that it, it, it's been a journey to say the least but I just I just wanted a wow. belief system I just wanted to have a belief system do you yeah, I do have a question. Do you, whenever, because I mean, I know I've seen within the, probably about the past, I'm going to say 10 to 15 years, um, the shift in TV shows and movies. Now, I'm not saying 
that TV shows and movies don't have like a an out of world um, view of certain things. But do you believe that the way that Wiccan, witchcraft, witches, do you believe that the way that it is shown on TV and movies versus how it really is for yourself or other individuals? Do you believe that it that is like really drawn out of proportion and it makes people look at like, oh my gosh, you're a witch, get away from me because I know what this TV show shows me? I do. I, uh, we, this is actually something that, you know, I talk about all the time. Um, I do believe there are movies and there's shows that are dramatized. Just like when I was a kid, you know, like I said, I wanted to be the witch that was casting spells and doing all these cool things. And when you start to take a step back and you actually start to do your research and you read, like, I, you know, like I'm on my iPad, so you can see I have a whole bookcase of like books. There's a lot of witchy books. There's a lot of ghost books. There's a lot of understanding your past lives and your chakras and, there's a lot of books because I spent a lot of time over the years trying to understand myself and understand things that I was developing. And in the movies, like, you know, I, my sisters make fun of me, but I won't watch the Sabrina series. <laughs> I've seen a pretty good bit of that series. And that's one of the ones I was actually I, I, going to be bringing up. I won't. I mean, you know, like I watched Salem when, it, you know, I watched Salem was on WGN and, I thought the first season was really good. I thought it was, uh, you know, it wasn't fully accurate of the Salem Witch Trials, but it was a good depiction. It was very, you know, it had me going. Second season was also really good. Third season completely flopped and it was, I, the whole thing was gone, you know? I won't watch Sabrina because a lot of witches don't believe in the devil. <laughs> that's, that's a Christian belief. And a lot of them don't, you know, we, you know, I talk about, you know, demons there are demons in the world but they're a lot less than people believe and the devil is a uh, it's a it's a christian belief and so like a lot of witches like they don't even recognize that so when you look at i i do hate sometimes that we we only look at witches like in these dark kind of things or these good and evil even like when you go back to like wizard of oz there was glenda and then there was the green wicked witch of the west um, they called it Glenda the Good Witch, and yeah. they had designated names for them, whether or not they were good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the one thing that, you know, they discussed in that book I was just talking about, the history, you know. They, you know, one thing that's very different, you know, when you compare it to Christianity, they they brought up, it's very patriarchal, it's very male-driven. All the good characters in the Bible are male. When you switch over to these other um these like pagan religions and you look at them they're very female driven and there's a lot of women who've gone over and they're very matriarchal and they want and they ask why and it's because it gives women a voice and so when you give women a voice in history you you know when you look at the 16th century the 17th century the 18th century they deemed people witches, you know, you know, that's one thing this book like it's called Toil and Trouble. It just came out in 2022. It is such a good book. Um, it really talks about, you know, it's interesting that you can go on TikTok today and you can go and you can look, you can pull up a tarot card reading or you can look up an egg spell, an egg cleanse, or you can look up how to do a prosperity spell or, you know, witchcraft is so, and even just the all cult in, in general, it's so mainstream now. It's trendy. It's cool. 
And right. I do think that has came out of it being in movies and TV shows as well. Mm-hmm. It's also as much as there's some people who are like, oh, my God, don't watch that. You know, this is this is evil. There's also people being like, oh, my God, I want to be a witch. I want to manifest my reality. I want to do spells. And so they're, you know, they're with everything. There is good and there is bad. And so. I don't watch the Sabrina show for the sake of the fact that like, no, it bothers me. Like, this is not what I, this is not what I do. This is nothing that I do. Um, so I won't watch it, but like Practical Magic, I love Practical Magic. Like that is such a good movie from the nineties, like with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. And it is so good. And you know, there's Hocus Pocus and you know, there's all kinds of other things. But I do, I do think, you know, just like anything, movies, television, the media, they influence a lot of the shifts. But, you know, I, w- I do, th- I, I think the people who were shunned as witches, I think that they would be really shocked to see what today looks like. People can walk see, around right. with, that, with that label proudly, and that was not a thing. Even, even in the 20th century, you know, like even not that long ago, in the 60s, 70s, like that was not a thing. You could like, Wicca was just coming out in the 60s. And so it took some time for people to be keen on it, even though it was a completely nature-based, you know, they did rituals naked in the woods. People did not like that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask your opinion about this. I know that Haunted South Florida is not like this because with you being a part of that group, I, I see how much that they they blend different things, you know, different avenues together mm-hmm. as far as, uh, as psychical and paranormal research, which to me, I think is fantastic. I do see. OK, at one point, I'm going to back up just a okay. little bit, because at one point up until now. I have seen a a shift in trend, and the reason why I say this is because let's take the show for example, Taps. Oh yeah. When it came out, then it had uh, the Paranormal Research Society out of I think like the East Coast. Mm-hmm. When they first started out, and when other TV shows were becoming popular on the TLC, you had Ghost Adventures, you had you know, things of that nature, Ghost Hunters International, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I grew up with those shows. That's the same. I grew up those watching those all, things religiously. That's what I grew up with, yeah. And I remember some of the topics that were being discussed at the time between um, between Alan and Grant. And I've seen a lot of, I'm going to say, paranormal investigators, paranormal researchers, that they feel like in some ways, now it may have changed since when it first started, but they felt like that their mission in life when it came to paranormal investigating, like... If you walked into a room and you had all this equipment set up and you were trying to capture something, it didn't matter what the person next to you was feeling or what kind of energy that they had come across, stuff like that, that unless it was documented on the equipment, then they felt like the rest of everything else had to go because all the stuff that they could present that they were trying to convince the scientific community that, okay, there's something here and it left a mark on this machine. I feel like that was then, but now if you're looking at shows, let's say like, I don't know if you've seen this or not, 28 days haunted on Netflix. Oh yeah. Where they bring in the psychic mediums Mm -hmm. to be a part of this or that. 
Do you believe that there has been a a shift in what the paranormal community or what the scientific community accepts as being evidence compared to what it used to be? Because now if they're looking at psychic mediums coming in, they're saying, hey, you being touched for us is okay enough for us to accept that, hey, there might be something there. Instead of it just being like a ball going off or an e- or an EVP being captured, do you, do you feel like that there's been more of a blend in acceptance? I think there's a blend in acceptance, but I think that we're still working on getting to the point of acceptance. To be honest, I do. You know, I think that's also why you see there's a lot of different groups. There, what's so special about Haunted South Florida is that there are there's a few of us on the team who have had you know these other senses for as long as we can remember. And then we have people on our team who are very dedicated to the physical research of um, the devices. What we really look for, you know, what we find that's so interesting um, on our investigations is when what we feel, like me and Callie particularly, what we feel, and then what we can what we can pull out, and what also is uh, mirrored on a device. So, you know, there's been times where I would say something um, and then we hear the same thing come out on the on the spirit box later on. You know, it's it there are there's been validation on certain things that we felt, you know, but there are people who, you know, you know, we are we're all very active on Instagram. So we do have trolls and some people have said, like, go get a job. Like, what are you doing? Like, like all that, like when I talked about cleanses and like leaving offerings and like it's like I can't you can't you have to block that out because there's always going to be people who do not believe in those kinds of things but when you've been seeing you know when you've been clairvoyant for nine you know since you were nine years old you know for more than three thirds of your life like there's just certain things you can't deny and as I've gotten more with my team you know my my senses have only gotten stronger me and Callie have gotten very stronger together um, that's why, you know, at the Redland, we had done a Ouija uh, board session because we have just, our energy has really connected. I do think that there's, you know, I think there's a shift. I do think that it's, um, people are becoming, you know, more understanding to it and they want to have that second opinion, but there are still, there's still people who doubt, like there's still there. I do still like, we're still trying to fight a barrier and some things. Like, I feel like that will always be there. But I also, you know, I'm a big person on numerology and the, the lunar cycles. And, you know, we're in 2023. We're in a seven year, uh, which deals with awakening. We're going to be seeing a lot of people um, being awoken to their gifts, especially over the next 20 years. You know, um, Pluto is moving into Aquarius. That's what we talk about with the age of Aquarius. We've been moving into it in other planets come January of next year, we'll be moving into Pluto and Aquarius for the next 20 years. The last time this happened, and it comes in cycles, um, but one of the times that it happened, it was it was the Renaissance. You know, we came out with great music mm-hmm. and art and all this free expression. And so we're going to be seeing, especially this year, a lot of people awakening up to, and there's, there's 10 different clairs. You know, clairvoyance is only one of them. But like clear empathy, where you can feel other people's emotions when you walk in the room, clear audience, where you can physically, you know, you can hear, um, you know, on the in another realm, you can you can hear audibles that other people can't hear. 
um, there, there's 10 of them, you know, that I, I actually want to make an Instagram post because a lot of people have been messaging me about it. And that's the next thing I'm even seeing. There's a growth of people becoming awakened to some inner gifts that they've never really known that they had. So, I mean, in the paranormal world, you're always going to have people who need concrete evidence and that's for their own well-being. The one good thing that I have with my team is that we take both. But when we can validate with both of them, it is really interesting. It's a really exciting yeah, uh, finding when, you know, I say something or if Callie hears something or something is seen or said. Like the photo I posted, um, I posted like three photos uh, from our investigation on the 14th. I'm looking down and I have this weird energy. I feel this weird thing. I'm like, there is someone on the staircase. And I take three photos back to back. Boom, boom, boom. And there you see, it looks like in one photo, it looks like there's footsteps walking down. One, there's nothing. And then the other one, there's this big orb. And it's literally where I thought there was someone standing on on the staircase. And so, you know, you just, you get validation of what you feel sometimes. And that's what's so right. rewarding is when you can mix both of those worlds. But I, it's definitely still scrutinized. There's definitely still teams that they probably wouldn't want a clairvoyant or a medium on their team just because that's not what they, that's not their way. And that's okay. That's why there's so many teams now. There's a, uh, there's a group down here. Now I don't know that they are necessarily a coven, but there is a group down here that I've actually, um, attended some of their online webinars. They actually have a few that's coming on, um, here with the next few months having to do with different stuff. I think they're called uh, New Witches Academy or something like that. Oh, wow. I, th I, may I may be butchering their name, but I think that's <laughs> basically what their name is. Um, I had actually spoken to them one time. I was attending one of their webinars, and it was um, – I said, let me just ask you a question. And I don't know if I may not have shared this with you before. I, I may have. I don't really remember. Um, but I've had two occurrences that have taken place in my life, which I explained to them, and they kind of gave me with their feedback – uh, there was, I've had two situations happen to me in my life, which I, I, I thought was kind of awkward. It hasn't happened to me since, but during those two times it did. Uh, at one point back several years ago, when my uh, parents were still living in Gulf Shores, I was still there with them. My stepfather's mom, uh, she was, uh, they had brought in her hospital bed <clears throat> into one of the uh, side rooms there. And that's where she spent her last days was, you know, the TV was on and she passed away in her hospital bed inside that room. Well, her being in that room and I guess the ambulance or whatever bringing her out took place while I was in school. So when I got back in that day, I found out that she had already passed and she was already gone. So I never uh -huh. saw it take place for them to actually move out. The odd part was... I tried to walk into that room, and as soon as I hit the door of that room, I hit like a brick wall of straight-up emotion oh, wow. that had me crying. I felt like this intense sadness that just came out of nowhere. And I I tried it on myself. I was like, okay, let me just try something because it could just be me. Right. I stepped out of the room, nothing. Nothing, yeah. I walked right into the room, bam. And I was like, what is this? And that was the second time that has happened to me. Okay. The well, first time I was younger oh. and my grandmother 
um, on my dad's side, it was his mom. She had passed away like a few years prior. And in Selma, they had the Visitors Information Center, which was attached to their house. The back portion of the house at one point was the dining room where all the families would get together during the holidays and whatnot. We'd all sit there around the table and kumbaya. Well, after she had passed, all that kind of family get together kind of just went away. And he turned the dining room into a portion of the visitor center. And so that whole stretch of area was like new wall and books. Well, I was in there one day after the construction had already taken place. All the stuff was, all the new stuff was there. Mm-hmm. My dad had walked over there. He said, son, come here real quick. And so I walked over there. The same thing happened. Oh, wow. I didn't feel out anywhere else, but walking in there, I got hit with a feeling of sadness that not only was I in tears, it brought me to my knees. Wow. And it's so like, like I said, like it's, it's only happened twice. Yeah, that sounds like, so clear empathy is when you walk into like a room with people who are like alive, kind of, and you can feel all the emotions. It's very like, it's like, like empaths. But clear sentience is when you can feel the emotions of something that's not necessarily there in this realm. And so it sounds like you might be clear sentient because that, that's something that I experienced um, and that's also probably the most common of the players that I hear. Like people get this very, you know, it's like the same reason why, like when we get very nervous, when we walk down like really scary alleyways or dark hallways, mm-hmm. like sometimes there really is something, you know, at the hallway waiting for you. And we don't want to talk about that. We just put it out right. of our heads. But, um, that was, I think that was a really big part of like when I was growing up and seeing ghosts in my house, I would have to like, just like, I would just put it out my head and want to see it. That was like, oh, didn't want to see it. And you can feel it too. Like that was just so awful. But, oh. We actually, uh, when I was younger, we lived in a uh, house for maybe a month and a half to two months during the summer. It was off of the uh, Georgia Starlington exit in Alabama. And we moved into the house that had been previously occupied by the woman by the name of Miss Grace. Uh, she was actually renting the home from a couple of farmers down the street. And she passed away of old age in her sunroom in a chair. Oh, wow. And, yeah, she wasn't discovered until a week later. Oh, no. And I mean, I've even sat in the chair she passed away in, which is kind of, you know, spooky in itself. But how'd that make you feel? <laughs> kind of awkward, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, but during the time that we were there, we had some strange occurrences take place. Um, I'll honestly say what we dealt with was paranormal. It yeah. was beyond the realm of normal. And when I, whenever I use the term paranormal, I know that out in mainstream, people use the term paranormal. They automatically think Casper. Right. And I don't look at it that way. To me, anything paranormal is outside of the realm of things that are normal. It could be an object going across the room and you don't know why it did. Right. It could no, be, that's a great way of putting it. It really is. I mean, it could be someone walking into a room and saying, hey, you're going through this. And I've never spoken to that person my entire life. It just is out of the realm of the normal. And um, from what we were told by the people who owned the home, 
was that she was a very tidy person, but apparently she was getting sick and she had stopped cleaning her kitchen. Well, when we moved in, they went ahead and did their kitchen and they cleaned the things that my parents did. But for a while at nighttime, while we were in the opposite end of the house, we could hear in the kitchen area, drawers opening and closing, dishes moving around, doors, things like that opening. But as soon as anybody would get up to go check, it stopped. Wow. And I remember a night taking place that there was a thunderstorm coming over. We were on the phone with my dad because at the time he worked in law enforcement. And we were saying, Dad, you would not believe the stuff that we are hearing right this moment. There was nobody in the back of the house. It was yeah. my brother, myself, and my mom. We were at the front-facing portion of the house, but we were hearing stuff crashing in the kitchen. And there's nobody back there. Um, but we dealt with all sorts of weird stuff at that place. And as we finally moved out, a cousin of mine was helping my dad get the last little bit of stuff after we had already left. And once they were finally on the road in the truck, he looked at my dad. He said, is there something going on with that house? <laughs> and my dad said, well, what do you mean? He said, the entire time I was there, I felt like I was being watched. I'm just saying, you know, it, to me, there's always that possibility. Now, I know people can sit there and hear things like that and just say, oh, well, you're just having a bad day oh yeah. you're just tired it's yada, just yada, yada. right yeah. and i feel like so many people and you have probably had this happen to yourself that people will number one they judge what they don't understand mm -hmm. and number two they overlook something until it happens to them yeah one thousand percent and they dismiss stuff that they can't see right yeah, no, I, you know, you know, paranormal now follows me. Like now, like I tell people, when you open this, this up, there's no going back. Especially with me, you know, for a long time, I did not want to see ghosts. For the longest time, I only saw ghost cats. And I thought it was the universe's way of like preparing me that like, you're going to see full body apparitions when you're walking through your house at night and you're going to have to be chill, bro. Like that was that now that's where I'm at, where it's like, I have to be chilled. I need to know if I, I need to be, especially like when you go into these haunted houses that we investigate, you being a sensitive, you need to be sensitive to your energy. You cannot go in there. Like, you know, I don't drink before an investigation. You know, I need to make sure that I'm clear. I'm cool. I'm collected and I'm ready to like focus. And, uh, you know, I was at my house just a few days ago, All right? Just in my house. Now my, my, I have lived in this house. I like my family has lived in this house for 25 years. My parents have never redone the bathroom in their room. There is a major mirror portal. Now, I don't know what you believe in mirrors, but there's a major mirror portal in my mother's room. There's this m massive mirror. And then there are mirror closet doors. They face each other. And then there's another mirror that also faces it. And then if you swing in wow. that thing, then you have four. Okay. There's a major mirror portal in my mother's house. And I've always felt really weird about her room. I've never liked her room. And growing up, like my my sister and I used to share this room um, growing up. And our light would go on by itself all the time. I also thought I saw my grandfather like as an angel right after he died. Um, he died when I was 12. I, 
I have seen so many ghosts in my house. Like, I can't even talk about it. Like, at this point, like, my grandmother just chills in the living room. And when she go, when she's not here, I know she's off doing other things. But for the most part, like, you know, she usually comes. I've seen multiple ghosts in my house. So, including ghost cats. I saw like, an <laughs> orange tabby one time sitting in front of my bedroom door. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? So now, just the other day, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. Um, I'm home alone. Now, my, my house, it's very rare to be home alone. Very rare for the house to ever be quiet. There's always someone home, okay? When I have that opportunity, I leave everything off. The television's off. I don't put music on. I love the silence. Mm -hmm. So I got home the other day from work. No one's home. And so I'm just on my couch with my laptop doing things. I hear major rustling in the cat litter. And I'm like, God dang, like, da Luna, you're you, my, my puppy. We have a German Shepherd puppy. I was like, get, I get up. I go, get out of the couch. The dog is sitting. She's just laying there. Now, the dog's laying there. I still hear the cat litter going crazy. I walk over. It stops. There's no cat in there. <laughs> wow. I go, okay, okay. So I take myself, and I just come into my room, and I continue. I leave the door open, and it's whatever. I look at my phone. Now, my mother does not drive. The woman does not drive. She does not have a license. I can't find her in the house, because I went to go tell her about the counter. I can't find her. She is not in the house. But her phone is telling me, in her, in my phone and my friends, she's in the house. She's not in the house. But that's what her phone says. It's saying that she's in the house. So now I'm just chilling in my room again, going back to my work. <laughs> and I hear the kitchen sink go on. So I was like, oh, maybe mom came home and I wasn't paying attention. I walk out of my room. The sink goes off. There's no one home. Ten minutes later, I hear the door walk open. I go, there better be someone freaking coming through the door. Right. And I walk up and I go, are you just getting home? My mom's like, yeah, clearly. She's walking in with her, like, bags. I was like, your phone has said that you've been home. I go, and also, weird things are happening in the house. She's like, what kind of weird things? Like, just like, what? I was like, there was somebody, something in the cat litter. It was not a cat. And it was not the dog. I go, and somebody was washing dishes. And it wasn't me. <laughs> like I didn't know what else to say. I was like, uh, and my mom's like, I don't know. She goes, my mom, because you know I smoke. You know I, you know I smoke. Being in the medical cannabis industry, she goes, did you smoke? Are you just are you just losing it? I go, no, I didn't smoke. I was like, are you serious? I was like, no, like, no. I was like, I can't explain. So like the the things happen to me all the time. I have I have things all the time that just though that just happened monday or tuesday of last week i don't remember what day but i had just gotten home i think it was tuesday tuesday i worked eight to five i had just got no one's home yet and there's just i i mean i have no explanation i have absolutely no explanation to it with the things that have occurred there have you been able to i mean has it have you had enough time like if you've heard something or what the case was to be able to like take your phone and hit record and just to have something like that to, sh to show somebody or does it happen no. so quick that you don't have time? No, I have never. And like, that was the one thing about it being <laughs> in my house. 
I am never prepared. You know, like when I'm in investigations, you know, like my phone's on airplane mode. I'm like got all my gear. You know, like I'm in the zone. At my house, I'm never in my zone because you know, you know, I, I used to mess with my pendulum in the house, and I eventually I felt like the pendulum took us like took on a spirit of its own. And I had I had to cleanse it and put it away. And I like I was like I don't want this stuff in my house. So I try not to investigate in the house. Like I try not to use my dowsing rods in the house. Mm-hmm. My mother would actually kill me if I brought a Ouija board in the house. I have like 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 20, 21 decks. I just ordered a new tarot deck. It's ghost themed. Um, cool. <laughs> I have a lot of decks, but like I try not to like I try not to mess with. Like, I know there's ghosts in the house. I try not to deal with it. And it's always interesting when I get new visitors. I, sh- I have to tell you this story. Um, last March, I did not know this, um, but basically March 3rd, I believe it was March 3rd. March 3rd, I, my sister had just gotten married February 28th and on my nightstand, there was a mason jar sealed with like Skittles and some other candy, sealed. It was like switch turned on all the way at three thirty three in the morning. Okay. And I wake up almost three thirty every morning, but three thirty three in the morning, I wake up to something slamming against my mirror closets. So I was like, "What the hell?" I'm thinking it's the cats because sometimes the cats get all they get the zoomies at night. I have three cats in my house. So I turn on my side light and what I see is the Skittles are spilled over, the mason jar, the cover is like the cap and the cover are all the way on the other side. And I'm like, well, I have a paranormal gas, but it's a new one. Didn't know what that meant. So the next day I wake up and I was like, Ma, you know if like grandma or grandpa, like they had like a thing about Skittles or candy? I was like there was a visitor in my room last night. She goes, you sure? I was like, well, I really have no explanation for what happened with my mason jar besides it being paranormal. She goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about. So I sit down, I go on my phone and I found out like the first thing I see is that my friend Jason passed away. He died around 3.30 in the morning on his motorcycle. And I was... I was beside myself. I he I, he was never a friend that I met. I never met him in person. He was my friend's friend, who was obsessed with my eyebrows, and he would always like I talked to him every day on Snapchat. So it was very weird. Like you know, it's been very weird over the last year where you know I don't I would I used to receive a Snapchat from him every day. So I was really beside myself, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna go take a shower, go cleanse myself, and you know, deal with it. I'm in the shower and all of a sudden I remember a story that he told me about his dog who had just previously died like six months prior um, and how she loves Skittles and it's his favorite candy and so it's her favorite candy and I started to bawl my eyes out. I started to bawl my eyes out because I could feel that the energy was different and I wasn't scared in the slightest. It was like, oh well. Somebody came to visit me, but I don't know who. And then the next day I realized like, oh my God, I think Jason, I think Jason visited me. And like, it was so interesting is that I've never, ever 
met him in person. I've never seen him in person. I've never met him in person. And so I thought that was so wild that when he, and I know, you know, it's speculation. This is my own belief, you know, but I really do believe it was him. The energy was just so different than the usual spirits that are in my house. Like I could totally tell it was something different and someone different. And it was so strong. It was like, you know, it, it, it was so strong. Like, cause it went slamming across the room. Who, yeah. It sounds like he was, uh, getting your attention. Yeah. And I like, you know, I didn't, you know, I went back to sleep, thought nothing of it. When I woke up and I get online, like I was beside myself. Like I just couldn't believe it because he really snapped me every day. Like he really sent me like, and you know, like he lived in Louisiana. So he'd be like, how far are you from so-and-so in Fort Lauderdale? And I was like, like an hour. Oh, well, there's this really cool event going on this weekend. You should go for the both of us. Like he always did things like that. Or like, oh, have you ever seen this? Have you ever been to this place? Like he used to send me all kinds of things. And so it was really, it just was really, like, I was beside myself when I wasn't getting those messages every day after that. Um, yeah, but, I can understand that. But I really do think he sent me a message because he knew I was witchy too. Like he, you know, we used to talk about like, oh, well, you know, if, if, you know, if you die, you have to send me a message. Like I joke about that with my mom. I'm like, you know, when you die, you have to let me know when you're strong enough to communicate with me. She goes, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave you a distinct message. I'll, I'll come in when you're showering and I'll leave in the, on the mirror. I'm fat. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, you know, there, you know, this has been something that's been going on in my world for a long time. People know that I have these gifts even before I was a paranormal investigator. But I really did feel that was uh, Jason. I really thought that he came through. And it was wild. Like, I always know when there's a different spirit in the house. I can always tell if it's something that I've never encountered. Let me ask you a question. Outside of, um, you know, bringing to your life, or maybe the wrong word, outside of um, making your life uh, new and different and actually, you know, doing the things and, um, being a witch. I'm just going to say outside of being yeah. a witch, what, uh, what got you into paranormal investigation? So just like you said, you know, we grew up on ghost hunters and ghost adventures and ghost international and. I used to be obsessed with the travel channel, like all the haunted places on the travel yes. channel. Oh yeah. So, um, and I've always been obsessed with scary movies. Um, and I've been able to see, you know, spirits since I was nine. Um, and I started living with spirits when I was 18. Like my dorm in college was extremely haunted. And I think I've spoke briefly about it on my Instagram, but I had a complete poltergeist. She was not, not friendly. She was fine, but really scary stuff when you're not really expecting that kind of things. But um, I was always into it. I, I always talked about like, oh God, like whenever I travel, I'd always do a ghost tour. And I was like, I should do this. Like if I lived in one of these like historic places, like I'd be like a tour guide. And I'd do these ghost tours like as a part-time job just cause I'd enjoy it. And Gina, who's on the team, she, uh, she has a crystal business on Etsy just like I do. Um, and so that's how I actually knew her. That was the connection of how I knew Gina. Gina in January made a, she haunts, uh, made her Instagram 
and I started following and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I cannot believe that you're going on paranormal investigations. Like I've always wanted to do that. And she's like, oh, you should totally come to an event. I think we're going to have one, you know, in April. And so in April, she must me. she's like, did you want to go? You know, me and my friend Kelly are going to go. And I was like, yeah, I totally want to go. After I did that event, I was like, oh my God, this, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is exactly what I've always wanted to do. So I ended up doing another event in June, did two more in July, did another two in August. And at the end of August, they asked if I wanted to be part of this paranormal team that they were getting together with Tim called Haunted South Florida. And, you know, the rest is history. Like, I've just been doing it since. But it was, like, it was something, like, I never thought I was going to ever get. I never thought that this was going to be something I was doing. But I've always talked about it. Like, my -hmm. closest friends, when they're, like, start seeing my Instagram posts and my Facebook posts, they're like, so you're you're a paranormal investigator? And I was like, yeah, it looks that way. It looks like (laughs) I'm finally part of a team. And they're like, you've wanted this your whole life. And I was like, I know, because I've always wanted to do things like this. I've always wanted because like the whole thing is like you know you'd go on ghost tours and you'd have weird feelings and you'd have no one to talk to about it because like you know again the skeptics there's people who don't believe you but like one of the my most famous ghost tours i went on i went on in new orleans when i was 23 and i fainted like fainted right underneath la la mansion like didn't know where i was didn't know that we were even coming up to the building and i just fainted and then i had to stand on the other side because it was too much to stand actually on the same side as lala ray mansion when things like that start happening you're like oh well i don't know it's like it's it's like welcome to the club (laughs) yeah well like like okay well i guess this is what i do now and so like getting being able to be part of a paranormal team and actually able to grow my gifts like you know i always had my gifts and i was always trying to figure them out on my own but to be on a team where you're actually putting yourself into situations in these haunted locations you're really growing your gift you're learning what you can do and what you can see and what you feel so i am very blessed that i got into paranormal investigating because it was not i didn't see that in my plan that was not something i thought that was going to happen last year and after that first event in April, I was like addicted, like, oh, I have to do this. This is what I'm doing. And like now I have so much here. You know, like I started out with just like a K2 and a digital recorder. Now I have right. a REM pod and a spirit box and uh, a mel meter and dousing rods. Like I have so much other things. Then I am actually was like thinking about it. Like, I was looking, I was like, my backpack's getting heavy. I might need to get a case. To hold there you all go. My things. <laughs> so like you just you see the progression of over time but no i'm really blessed it was not something i i never expected it to happen i just i always wanted to happen so it's something i joked about the fact that's reality now it's just a blessing it's a blessing have you been to a location outside of going somewhere with haunted south florida to where you've been there and you felt like it was the wrong place to be and you decided not to go back since? Um, yeah. Yeah. A few places. <laughs> um, so I've gone back. I'll start with the Riddle House. I've gone back to the Riddle House. But 
I've been going to the Riddle House in Yeshira Village in West Palm. It is known as a very haunted location. The man, Carl, who owned it, hung himself, killed himself in the attic. Mm. The attic has horrible energy. I mean, I was I touched the, the door one time and it felt like my whole arm lit on fire. And that was wow. in the flame. Terrible energy. But back in like... I want to say like 2014, 2015. Now, I had already been in this house multiple times. There was a day I was just, you know, we were at the fair. It was around this time. I was, you know, the house was open. I went to go in it and I got pushed back by a force that said no. And I was like, okay. I, I, I mean, it was so forceful that it was like, okay. It's like, okay, what do you do I, in that situation, you know? So I just, I just went on with my time. Like, I just didn't go in because, like, I knew it wasn't right. Um, I've gone back to the Cromartie, um, basically because you can't give these these ghosts their, their, the power. But I went, you know, in um, the August event at Cromartie, I was still learning, and I was still a little nervous on these investigations. And the grumpy spirit in the Cromartie house locked us in the house that does not have a lock. There was no way for it to be locked. It was locked by a latch. And it was, you know, it has a deadbolt. It would not be, it was impossible to be locked. We were trapped and the the spirit made me sick. I physically threw up. Holy um, it felt like I had been physically forced. Um, and when I, I went, I cleaned up. And I know my team helped me clean up, you know, all stuff. I go back to the house to get my things. And immediately I started that feel that I was going to be sick again. And I was like, I get you. I'm just grabbing my things. I'm leaving. I had to leave for the rest of the night. Now I've gone back September, October, and then January. And every time that I've gone back, I purposely go and greet him. And I purposely show him that I'm not afraid of him. This last time, I actually felt like he kind of missed us. Like the energy on our four, the January 14th was so different from October. October's, I felt like there was really no activity for the night. But this last time, it was so fun. Like, it felt like he was almost happy that after a three-month hiatus, like, there was people in the house again. It was really, it was really interesting. That's um, interesting. But as for places that I've gone that I, like, won't go back, um, for the longest time, I really was intimidated to to go stand under Lollary Mansion. Um, my friend Brianna that I went to New Orleans with this two weeks ago, she asked me, so you want to go get a photo under it? <laughs> And I did. I took some photos underneath and, you know, I didn't get sick or anything. Um, I did, you know, there, you know, there's been things that happen, but I don't know if there's ever been something where like, I'm like, I will never go back there. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, especially now, I think I'm very curious, but like when I went to the museum of death in new Orleans, I went through the, you know, there's a lot of serial killer memorabilia. There was a lot of really, really bad crime scene photos. There was a few areas that made me sick um, or not sick, but just make me very emotional. Um, And it was like the Sharon Tate morgue photos and crime scene photos from the Manson murders. There was one from like what it looks like like a a prom night, like an accident on I-95, like 2005 very very like i was like oh my god um and then there was one an area where like a woman was like raped and murdered and the crime scene photos were all out on display those were the three areas that i probably 
it was the hardest but when i went in this back room and i just talked about it on my latest post um something terrible happened in the back room i don't know what i don't know when but something terrible happened in that back room there wasn't much in it it was set up like pillars like it was like a funeral home right. with a television screen there was um newspaper articles framed all around on all the walls and then like most places in new orleans there's a corner for voodoo offerings and what's so interesting is that like i went over to the voodoo offerings i didn't feel like anything over there was what was making me sick i was in there for maybe two minutes and I said, I have to get out of here. Something really bad happened there, back there. And I don't know what, but I was going to be sick. Like, I physically had to get out of the room. And so that was just two weeks ago. Um, and like I said, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but it was something was like, I really felt like someone was murdered in that room. Like, I think like something terrible happened in that room. Might be uh, worth uh, doing some research just to see if it, you know if anything can be pulled up in like newspaper articles or something. Well, my whole thing is like you know the Museum of Death. It's on Dauphine Street. It's only been there since 2016. So that building was something else, else. Mm -hmm. before. Make so sure if it's the building or the land. Research, yeah, like I really want to see kind of what it was um, because it. Like the rest of the place didn't feel that way. The back room though, like it, it was not normal. It was not right. That's interesting. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like something even I might want to look into just to see, cause you never know what, you know, what you'll, you know, oh, yeah. dig no, up and be why, like, wow. Know, <laughs> that's why, you know, when I went to New Orleans, I didn't get a lot of evidence. I didn't do like, a lot of paranormal research. But of what I did feel, you know, I, I like to post that stuff just because, you know, if someone else reads it and someone else goes and they feel certain things or they feel other things that I didn't feel or they see what happened, you know, I would I, I, I do believe that a lot of people have different senses that they can help make the picture complete. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I do think maybe there, like that place has only been there since 2016. That building though has probably been there for who knows how long. Right. Exactly. Um, I know we only have just a few minutes left, but with the extra minutes that we have, let me ask you this question for the listening audience. Um, and for people out there who are into paranormal research and investigations, either thinking about it, curious about it have been doing it for 20 years or for people who have the misconceptions about witches, what would you tell them? If you could actually just, you know, just say something, what would, what would be your opinion or what kind of pointers? I guess you could say that's the best word I could possibly use. Like what advice would you give to somebody? I would just, uh, I would just say be open-minded to all possibilities and um you know stay humble you know this is uh, you know paranormal research and paranormal investigating and you know witchcraft and the occult they you like we said they are trending they are trending they are becoming a topic that people are interested in and that's great 
but we're not we should not be gatekeepers we should not keep secrets or oh i'm not going to tell you what devices i use or you know you know discredit because oh i don't believe in clairvoyance or i think that you know there are people who don't believe in ghosts there are people who don't believe in religion there's there's you know there's people who are eight there's there's always going to be people who don't even believe in what you're doing. So I think being humble and being right. open-minded is a very big part of this. You know, to be a paranormal investigator, you have to be willing to want to debunk what is not paranormal. And I think that a lot of exactly. people, they lose that. They don't, you know, they lose that. And they want everything to be paranormal. And I'm right. And I knew what I've seen. That's not what this is about. Research is research, whether it's medical yes. research, whether it's paranormal research. If we're researching, you're trying to grow a community. So, you know, be forthcoming with your findings, be open minded to talking with other people and hearing out their experiences and just be humble. You know, there's no reason for I'm right or you're wrong or, you know, this is better because I'm using this device and you, there's no there's no reason for that kind of banter and in the community you kind of see that you you can see there's some competition and you know like there's no reason there's no reason for it because we're all out there doing the same thing we're trying to find answers to things that not everyone can see or understand to a full capacity so just be humble be open-minded and be forthcoming because the more that we collaborate with each other and we share our stories and our experiences, the larger the community will grow. You know, collective consciousness is a real thing. And I, I think that a lot of people are just starting to learn that. And that's why this world is smaller than we think it is. We're all connected. And it's like, if it's paranormal, hey, that's fine. But if it's not and you find out that it's not, don't accept it as being like oh well we've said it's been paranormal for 20 years so we're just going to stick to that because that's what sells the t-shirts it's like right. it's like okay i get it i know you want it to be something different but if you find that that it's not wouldn't you rather let the people know instead of it continuing on and that being one thing that one more thing that discredits what everybody's trying to do you know it's yeah it's like trust me it, it, it is a big bummer when you discredit like when you when you debunk something that you thought for so like for the longest time we had you know we were watching this doll at the gold coast for weeks you know we had a few videos up and you know i think the fourth video you know i think that fourth time we really debunked what was going on and we made a post and said unfortunately we don't think this is paranormal and you know it, it's sad but you know it is what it is life will move on you will continue to go on investigations you will continue to do research like how we we spend years doing research on all kinds of studies why should paranormal research be any different Agreed. it's constantly evolving just like any other type of research i agree with that completely uh unfortunately uh we're down to the uh down to the end here uh down to the end, down to the end. christina i want to say thank you so much for being on here it's been an absolute uh history fest which i've greatly enjoyed <laughs> it's been an honor to have you on here with your background and the things that you do which i think has been you know excellent i just want to say 
thank you for that and congratulations on the stuff that you you know been able to do and what you're going to continue to be doing and uh yeah this has been fun i've greatly enjoyed it yeah no thank you so much for having me on here i i really wanted to get some time to be able to sit down with you when we met at the event i you know i just was like oh i just i need more time like there's just never enough time so thank you so much for having me and being able to be part of your platform for the night it's been really great Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we can at some point, you know, get together, do this again, whether it's with Haunted South Florida or whether it's being able to just sit down like this again. However it occurs, it would be great. I mean, I'd like to be able to do some more stuff with Haunted South Florida if I, you know, when I have time. So that for me is that for me is still there. So. Oh yeah, no, that for sure. You know, Haunted South Florida, I'm sure that they would actually, I think all of us would be down to do something like that with you. And I, we hope that you come on more events and maybe do like things with us. Just, it was so good to have you. It was really great to finally like put the face to the name from Instagram. So it's, it's like, it's, it's been so good. We've met such amazing people in this community. So like I said, from the beginning, like just very blessed to even be doing this, all of us. I agree. I mean, I, I enjoy this kind of a thing and, and being a part of teams that are doing stuff like that. So I definitely look forward to uh, to being able to do more stuff with y'all in the future like that. Sounds good. We'll look forward to it. Well, everyone, this is uh, Tales at 3 a.m. Special Edition with Christina uh, at Witchy Paranormal and Instagram. Uh, Paranormal Investigator, Witch, and everything in between. Uh, it's been great been great having her on here and uh, that's the show for tonight everyone stay spooky and have a good night